Julia. <laughs> Hi, Julia. Hi. Uh, um, welcome to another episode of Getting Literate. I'm Julia. I'm Katie. I almost said I'm Katie there for a second. Uh, I think our brain cell is lagging. Yeah, she just got a little confused. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, what are we? What What did we read this week? We read Cloud Cuckoo Land. What are we drinking? Door. We're drinking. What are they called? Cosmic Coolers. Hendrix Cosmic Cooler. Cosmic Coolers. Which is um. Oh yeah. Clean, bright, and fresh. So. (laughs) Happy summer. (laughs) Hendrix Lunar Gin. Um. You know. Because we love the moon. Tonic. Yeah. Acid. You know. Your regular gin cocktail. Yeah. 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 Um, let me tell you about this book. Please tell me about this book, because what the fuck is the title? Let's start there. <laughs> yeah, literally. It, it gives it gives nothing. Go, girl. Give us nothing. <laughs> I'm like, but I don't know what this is about. Give us everything. Mm. Yeah. It makes sense once you know. Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> the girls who get it, get it. And the girls who don't, <laughs> haven't read it. So. Ooh. Thank you. I'm in a rhyming mood. Set in Constantinople in the 15th century, in a small town in present-day Idaho, and on an interstellar ship decades from now, Anthony Doerr's gorgeous third novel is a triumph of imagination and compassion, a soaring story about children on the cusp of adulthood in worlds in peril who find resilience, hope, and a book. In Cloud Cuckoo Land, Dora has created a magnificent tapestry of times and places that reflects our vast interconnectedness with other species, with each other, with those who lived before us, and with those who will be here after we're gone. Thirteen-year-old Anna, an orphan, lives inside the formidable walls of Constantinople in a house of women who make their living embroidering the robes of priests. Restless, insatiably curious, Anna learns to read, and in this ancient city, famous for its libraries, she finds a book, the story of Athon, who longs to be turned into a bird so he can fly to a utopian paradise in the sky. This she reads to her ailing sister, while giving her cupfuls of mercury to cure her concussion, (laughs) as the walls of the only place she has known are bombarded in the great siege of Constantinople. Outside the walls is Omir, a village boy miles from home, constricted with his beloved oxen into the invading army. His path and Anna's will cross, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Duh. They're mm-hmm. set in the same time frame. If they didn't cross, <laughs> like we'd be pissed. Outside Anthony the walls. Dorf. I'd be mad. Like, I'd be like, what the fuck is the point of reading this? Anyway. Yeah. 500 years later, in a library in Idaho, octogenarian Zeno, who learned Greek as a prisoner of war, rehearses five children in a play adaptation of Athens' story. Preserved against all odds through centuries. I think it's Ethan. I really don't know how to pronounce it. I just know that one of the no, kids said it would be easier to say if his name was Ethan and then only refer to him as Ethan for the rest of Which the is, book. Which was, was incredible. Like, incredible. You're right. You're so right. <laughs> um, so yeah, the book was preserved against all odds through centuries. Tucked among the library shelves is a bomb planted by a troubled, idealistic teenager, Seymour. This is another siege, and in a not-so-distant future, on the interstellar ship Argos, Constance, spelt with a K the classy way, K K and classy also, 
Constance is alone in a vault, copying on scraps of sacking the theory of Aethon told to her by her father. Eh, well, not really, but okay. <laughs> like, she's just copying a book from a computer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she finds the book because her dad told her about it. <laughs> she has never set foot on our planet. Like Marie Lore and Werner in All the Light We Cannot See. Fucking incredible novel, by the way. Yeah. Anna, Omir, Seymour, Zeno, and... Fucking have to flip the entire book. Constance <laughs> are dreamers and outsiders who find resourcefulness and hope in midst of gra- the gravest danger. Their lives are gloriously intertwined. Dora's dazzling imagination transports us to worlds so dramatic and immersive that we forget for a time our own. That's such a lie. Dedicated to the librarian then, now, and in the years to come, Cloud Cuckoo Land is a beautiful and redemptive novel about stewardship of the book of the earth of the human heart. And then there's a picture of Anthony Dora, and he actually looks like he's going to murder someone. Yeah, he does. I didn't like that they put a picture of him because I really was picturing him more of like a kindly old grandfather. And he looks scary. Yeah, he really looks like that's Spooky. a before picture and then the after picture is like after he, he is staring through that camera yeah like his eyes are piercing into your soul it's like one of those paintings that its eyes follow you as you walk through the house yep yeah i don't like that i don't like that no okay yeah. Um, that was a very long description of the novel but i mean it's, it's a, a very, very long book yeah so you need to know about it also like there's so much to explain. There's going to be a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Katie. Yeah. Julia. I think he liked this three many. Interesting. I think he liked uh-huh. this four many. You got it right on the nose. Oh, you did not. I gave it, I gave it like four and a half. Oh, really? Have you read all the light we cannot see? I have. I have. Which is part of the reason why I picked this book up. Mm-hmm. Um... It's also part of the reason why I picked this book up. Yeah. Um, I find it fell short. Oh, all the light we cannot see. Definitely. I ha- absolutely had lofty, maybe Cloud Cuckoo and high expectations <laughs> for this novel. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's just there's so much going, going on with this yeah. that it was hard for it to do what All the Light We Cannot See did. Because All the Light We Cannot See was kind of condensed. Yes. As far as time frames go. Yes, very much so. And then this spanned literally hundreds of centuries. So. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. But you only docked it half a star. Yeah. I, because I really loved it. It Uh, just, I think if I hadn't gone into it with the expectation of all the light we cannot see, I wouldn't have kept measuring it against that. I know, right? Same. It would have been a four point... A four and a half for me. Yeah. Um, if not for the oppressive weight of the <laughs> older sibling. Yeah. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Um, tell so me about your top what, three then. What made oh, it good? Oh, okay. So, um, obviously there are spoilers. So if you want yeah. to read this very long book, you should probably pause this episode yeah. and get back to this in a month after you've gotten through the 600 pages. Um, yeah. So yeah, 
I really loved the weaving of the different stories. I thought mm. it was so impressive that it could be done. Like, that's such a huge feat yeah. to be able to do it and for it to make sense and for the past to mirror the future and yeah. to tie the book into stories of conflict and death of young people mm, yeah. and hopelessness. I thought that was well done because I could not imagine you know like comparing oh my god this, yeah no like like how he had a serial killer you're comparing board. someone from oh absolutely yeah, yeah. Like five serial killer boards yeah that were like connected mm-hmm. um he like i don't know it was just like we have the ottoman empire and like yeah the 1500s and then we have the 21 so we have the 16th century and the 22nd century yeah and then also this, like, false Greek myth. Not Greek myth, but, like, yeah. Greek text, right? From, like, what did they say? Like, one. Yeah. I think it was, like, a hundred, but, you know. The see. first century, yeah. the 16th century, the 22nd, also the 19th and... Mm-hmm. One, no, wait. No, the 20th and the 21st. Yeah. A lot of centuries yeah. we're working with. Yeah. A ton. Yeah. So I thought that was just really impressive. Oh, for um, sure, Yeah. Uh, what else was on my top three was Amir. Okay. He was, I really did not like the 16th century chapters. Mm-hmm. Or is it yeah. 15th century? Uh, Either 15th, way. I think it's 1400, is it not? Okay. Yeah, I think, I, so, think I wrote 15th century, but I think I read that as 1500s. And uh, silly. Changed it. Anyway. <laughs> um, I really liked his story out of all the other ones yeah um, i think because he was so connected with nature mm, but in a less fair. scary way than seymour <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um i really really liked omir's chapters and yeah. then first on my top three is the spacecraft twist and i really want to unpack that with you really okay yeah. i think you have to uh drink how many? Just one. Just one. Okay. Just one drink. Okay. Um, so for context, the spacecraft twist, it's like, surprise! They're actually just in the Arctic, and they're on a, they're in a facility that's airlocked and totally cut out from the rest of the world, and they're, like, on Earth, and they're not traveling at all. And they've just been lied to. I can gaslit. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, it was, it was a moment. It was a time. I really, really did not love it. Um, partially because I just thought, I don't know, it made me upset. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was a cool twist. How did it twist. make you upset? I, because who the fuck does that? Who puts a bunch of people in a house, sedates them and says, mm, now you're in space and then convinces them for like upwards of 60 years that they're in space. Like, I think Jeff Bezos would do that. Absolutely. But he's, like, a real-life supervillain, and I just, I really, really despise it. I think it's fucked up. I think it's a cool twist. I think it's a fucked up situation. And that's why I didn't like it. explains so many questions I had about the spacecraft. Oh, that's, okay, that's fair. That's fair. But, like, the function of it, like... Yeah. like, Like, do you know that scientists don't even know if, like, you can get pregnant in space? Really? Like, let alone, yeah, like, 
Oh my god, yeah, because different without gravity because of like sperm swimming and everything, right? So I was like, how do you, how did, how did people like, what is the source of artificial gravity on this ship that's only like, well, I would assume civil, a hundred years, like hundred fifty years into the future, you know, like, Mm -hmm. did we really make such advancements that we can travel like seventy percent of the speed of light and like we're able to like launch something into space that could host plants and see that was the thing is there was never like a year that was given so i just figured because of the time span of the pre like of the things that were set in the past i figured that this was easily like 500 years ahead yeah but then we found out quite early that like i guess we didn't like we knew constance's dad was from earth so i understand why you would think um that it was like 500 years ahead, but I don't know. I think at the rate of our climate crisis that and Earth and destruction, I just oh for sure a little closer for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of I think I was like the people on the spaceship, and you were more like Constance, who was like mm, something's not right, um, and I was like mm, Sybil knows everything and she's in charge, and I'm good with that. I actually I yeah that makes sense to me. Cool, we're chilling. <laughs> so I think that was exactly it. Anyway, I. You off a lot. I know you're good. Uh, my top three, Zeno. Oh, everything about him. He just, he made my heart happy, and I loved him so much. And also, I I really loved. He um, made me deeply sad. So sad. I didn't put him on the top three. It was tragic. It was so tragic. But his was tragic in a way that I, that made me happy, in a weird way. No, like I it was just, I don't know. It, it was wasn't beautiful storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Which brings me to my next point, which is the writing. <laughs> I fucking Woo! love the writing. Everything about this. So I think I have to drink now, or you have you to do drink. You have to drink. Anytime Let's we mention the writing, because mm. someone said the writing. Okay. You know, like I think that's just a fun little trick. Yeah. Also, like, oh, let's drink this gin. Cosmic cooler, for yeah. So the K, which is classy, constant. perfect. For we should call it like relaxing a, at a, home. The cocktail art hour, garden parties and picnics, aperitif, boozy brunch, romantic night in, moments of exquisite irrelevance, and getting literate from exactly. the Hendrick. We're not You're sponsored by them. Hendrick. I'm just reading their website. <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, Hendrick, I would love that. Oh, that would be so sexy. I would. If I would make every by Hendrix. Dear Hendrix. Dear Hendrix, please sponsor us. Please, we will hype you up to no end. I will. So many gin coffees. Yeah, you already have so much of my money. So much. You're really. I'm not going to stop buying your gin because. No. Anyways, um, (laughs) Hendrix, as soon as I got a real job, I'm going to buy the Neptunia. But it would be really great if you could just (laughs) give it to me for free. I would. I petition to get Hendrix to sponsor us, please. (laughs) Dear our one listener. Mm. Margaret Atwood, if you're listening, <laughs> please contact. She's got an Hendrix in. She has an in with Hendrix for sure. Absolutely, she does. That's a girl who knows her write gym. something like The Handmaid's Tale yeah. and not turn to alcohol. Absolutely. I mean, she's also. I'm honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if she was drunk half of her fucking life with the shit she's been saying recently. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, love you, Margaret. Hate you. We love sometimes, you, Maggie. but yeah. yeah um, what was I talking about? Oh, top three. my top three. And then also Constance's dad's farm. That made me that farm four. so happy. Farm four. The fact Loved that that was it. a thing 
that they were like, yes, we're going to do this on this admittedly fake spaceship. I was like, hell yeah, farms, all the seeds, go off, love to see it. Like, it just, I don't know, that just made me happy when so much of this fucking book was tragedy. I was upset. It was like a pocket of joy. Yeah. A very bad book. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of bad things, what was your worst three? Uh, I hated it. It broke my heart watching Seymour's downfall. Yeah. That was very difficult. Yeah. Um, It was so well written and it made so much sense. Like, he Mm -hmm. sat it up beautifully. Yeah. But it was just horrible. It was but then horrible. he kind of redeemed himself at the end of the book, but it was still, like, tragic. Yeah. Seymour's late years were definitely redeeming. Yes. But Seymour's early years and mid-years and teenage years were fucking upsetting. So upsetting. And I just felt for Bunny. Oh, my God, yeah. I listened to part of this as an audiobook just because it was there was so much that I was like, I yeah. need to do other things. Um, and so the person reading it, I was like literally sobbing during those chapters, especially when she would be like, are you listening, Possum? I was like, mm, I have to go cry now. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I did not like the 15th century chapters. Fair. Um, until after the war when like Omir and Anna got reconnected. Um, but. The Constantinople, like the Anna mm. chapters, were especially difficult for me. I did not give a fuck about her, if I'm being yeah. completely honest. Uh, the only I, thing I, I liked it's about not really her was the 15th century the chapters. Wall. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally. Like, it's more like Anna. Like, yeah. I, I truly did not give a fuck about her. Yeah. No. Yeah. She was just like, I was like, she you was killed your sister. Yeah. Congrats. You couldn't just like, sit around and do some embroidery? Yeah, literally. Like, oh, you stole candles from, like, a known raging alcoholic? Like, what? You think no one's going to get caught? Like, just You so think that stupid. it's going to be chill? Also, like, let me go feed my sister scoopfuls of mercury. Hope to God yeah. this makes her healthy. What? No. Uh, like. Let me just poison my sister until she dies. They trying and trying, you know? like, it gets worse and every time. Yeah, she got worse every time, and it's like, homies. Let's connect the dots. Please, like, you got her into this mess. Yeah. And now you're continuing to mess it up. Like, you're it's smart like enough to learn to read. Objects. Um, I'm in the middle of it now, actually. Okay, so I will not say something. Please, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you're smart enough to learn how to read ancient Greek. Which, like, yeah. even the Romans who you're selling your book to couldn't read. But, yeah. Like, but you can't figure out, you can't put pieces together to say, hmm, every time I take my sister to these people who feed her mercury, she gets a little bit better and then way fucking worse. Yeah. Maybe they're selling me snake oil. Yeah. Like, what? Okay. All right. Because she's fine. very skeptical enough and, like, yeah. God and yeah. like, so many other things. Like, but no, this fountain of youth, this is what we wedge our hopes on. And, like, I oh guess God. it is hopeless. And you just, like, I'm sure she's racked by guilt and everything. Yeah. It's but... just, anyway, her chapter yeah. sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Omir was great, but also I just hated reading about the siege of Constantinople. Mm-hmm. It was also, so was tragic. Sad. The poor oxen. Oh, my God. Just everything in his life was so fucking tragic. Like, from being born. Everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Omir um, has a, a cleft lip. Is that yes. what they're called? Yeah. 
And so, obviously, in the 1400s, they thought he was a demon. Um, Cleft palate. Because of his face. And his father perished on his way to, like, see his son. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he just fell off his horse. So, obviously, an infant child slash demon yeah. made that happen. That was it. That was the one. And um, mm. Omir's grandfather took him to the mountains to just leave him there to die. Yeah. But he couldn't do it. Thank God. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Omir bewitched his grandfather. So, just mm. by keeping a newborn baby alive, they got ran out of town. Like, they by lived a mob with miles. pitchforks. Yeah, a mob with pitchforks. Like, it's not just, like, shamed until you leave. It's no, like, like, they showed up at his house. Out. Like, what the fuck? Which is hilarious, but, like, insane. So sad. And, um, that, yeah, it was just very hard. Like, uh, I loved the nature. I loved all that. So, when he was taken away from the farm, mm, little yeah. left, like, uh, like nothing left in the winter stores and it was like put return with riches mm. that hurt and then he yeah. didn't even return with riches he no. returned with another mouth to feed yeah and his oxen both died and yeah that just all yeah. of it was so fucking when sad. moonlight died holy shit i cried i wept yeah because moonlight died first tree was basically lame so these are twin oxen born at the same time yeah that he had raised, um, raised from babies. Them from Han, like as his own. He knew their personalities and everything, and he has to take them to war because all three of them get conscripted. Mm-hmm. And Tree starts sh- suffering, showing signs of like um, deterioration. It's just like his back leg or something. Yeah, and yeah. people are looking at him like a walking nail, just waiting for him to drop. Yeah. And so his twin, who shares the yoke with him, Moonlight, just takes more burden and takes more yeah. burden until he finally collapses and it's so fucking sad it's so fucking sad um but the worst for me was the whole bombing in the library mm. yep. yep yep drink yeah drink yep because that's the, that's up there <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. yeah that's on my worst as well um what else cause... is on your worst well, yeah, I mean that, because, like, I start this book, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, it's by this guy who wrote All the Light We Cannot See, cool, and then also my mother's recommended it to me, awesome, thanks, Pamela, and then... Thank you, Pamela. You start reading this, and it's, like, really cute. I mean, you start with Constance, and it's a little bit fucked up, and I'm like, mm, I don't, I'm not a fan of that, but all right. Don't yeah, like that I'm this girl is probably person. abandoned on a fucking ship by herself. Not, no, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like it. Um, and then you go to the library, and it's, like, Zeno and all these cute little fifth graders and it's just adorable and then you hit uh and then you hit seymour and bombs they're gonna die like within the first like 20 pages you're like well i guess a bunch of fifth graders are about to fucking get murdered that's cool (laughs) um awesome (laughs) i had to put the book down for like a week try again so um Yeah. yeah and then also when Zeno went and visited rex in london (gasps) Oh, that almost made my top worse. Like, so much about Zeno is so tragic, and that's why he's in my top three, is because I love him so much as a character, and he deserved none of what he got. But None of it. Um, Yeah, when he finally finds this guy that he was a prisoner of war in Korea with, and 
he doesn't know if he's alive and he finally gets a letter back from him and it's like oh me and like hillary or you know like you can come up for my birthday me and hillary and he's like oh who's hillary like is he and you know they're in love Z- Zeno was in love with rex and then rex is dating this big ass man yeah. named hillary like they like, definitely <sighs> like their gaydars were pinging for each other like, absolutely they had, like they yeah feelings for each other and it was mostly known in the peer war camp yeah prisoner of war camp to each other you know like it was they had a trauma bond they had so much they kept each other alive they kept each other alive they kept each other sane but then xeno didn't escape with rex and rex escaped and xeno didn't and then he was like a few years later yeah and he was trying to find him for so long Mm -hmm. and then he's like Come to my birthday bash with Hillary, and you know he's Zeno's thinking. Ooh, I got a little sneaky link with my man because he's yeah. in a heterosexual relationship. He's, he's obviously hiding because I yeah. can't be gay in America because of McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. So clearly, it must be the same in London. No, no, no. He's living with a man in a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, which I mean, it took Hillary. Zeno a very long time to figure that one out. Yeah. Like, it suddenly hits him. They're, they live in a one-bedroom apartment. I'm like, you were picked up from the airport by a man wearing platform shoes, King. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Come on. Like, uh, me and Hillary. You can visit me and Hillary. What? Happy Pride to Hillary, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> Happy Pride to Hillary. Yeah. Can that be the tagline so, for this episode? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because happy pride to Hillary. God. Or Zeno. <laughs> and, and Zeno and Rex, I guess. But Hillary yeah. would be celebrating most ardently. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. She's probably like 80 and they. I don't remember their pronouns. He. Pronoun. He him? Yeah. But I think he was just like in that. Because it was like the 70s, right? Right. Um, And I think there's a lot of shit that's been changed and we've gotten more like obsessed with like the actual labeling of people and pronouns and things like that and and, and for like good reason like it's important to have a name for things and to call people by the correct pronouns but I think also like in the past and like you know historically or whatever it was much more of a fluid understanding because we didn't have the terminology so Hillary might have been non-binary but he used he pronouns i don't know okay want to know something that that just reminded me have you ever seen those memes where like it's like you can't refer to sappho as a lesbian in like our current um time frame because she lived like like centuries ago like millennia ago yeah so like you don't know you can't use like modern labeling on her and whatever yeah, yeah. and like there's like there's like memes where like time traveler goes back to talk to Sappho and they like explain like all history to her and they're like okay so like knowing this like would you consider yourself bi or lesbian and Sappho's like you went to the moon the moon <laughs> in the sky oh my god oh I love that <laughs> <laughs> what did the moon say about me Ugh. God, I love that. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Incredible. Incredible. (laughs) Anyway, we're very off topic. Yeah, we are. Um, Oh, I hated everything else on the Argos. I loved Farm 4. I hated everything fucking else. 
It made yeah, me upset. Argo sucked. I don't really read sci-fi or particularly enjoy it, so mm. I was very pissed off when I thought it was on a spaceship. So when it wasn't, I was like, "This is nice." But I really liked <laughs> the library. See, so yeah. I didn't hate that. Okay, the library was cool. The library was a cool piece of like virtual reality. Um, yes, but I don't know. I'm getting more into sci-fi. I'm like understanding it as like a genre, and there's a lot to it that is very interesting. Yeah, like in terms of like representing like colonialism and things like that in a sneaky way and the way that men write sci-fi and the way that women write sci-fi it's just very interesting and i'm getting more into it Um, that that like dichotomy is very interesting yeah and like cyborgs and stuff i'm getting more into Mm -hmm. just because i'm doing a lot more theory reading on them and so that's kind of cool but also so i was like intrigued by the prospect of this little sci-fi interlude and then it made me sad so you know it was difficult reading about a virus breakout in this day and age yeah it didn't send me to like into like a state of mento b Mm -hmm. quick menti b like like um what was that one station 11 yeah thank you yeah that one was a big menti b moment for me i also read it yeah like march 2021 Mm -hmm. yeah choices was I've made a lot of choices with that one. <laughs> but to have a character named Omicron die of a virus. Yep. That was like, uh, and I, I kept having to see it when it yeah. was written. No, published in 2020. Oops, Anthony. Whoopsies. <laughs> when was this published? 2020. Like, early? I don't know. I don't know. Um... Omicron was a thing in, like, late. So you can't. Yeah, but I book. mean, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Copyright 2021. So it was written in 2020. Oh, Christ. Well, I mean, the, the library okay. stuff, like the library bombing is February 2020. Yeah. So. Which makes sense, like, because the outbreak wasn't as big then. I really like that. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like, I, well, I actually saw a thing last night on, like, Twitter that was, like, this person left like a bad review of a book because it was they had written it and it was set in in summer of 2020 and then it didn't mention covid because obviously it was written before summer 2020 and the person was yeah. like mm, very unrealistic they shouldn't have assumed that it would be normal it's like mm, how dare you yes, not predict the future <laughs> what but it was also just kind of nice that it was like february and i could kind of be like yeah i don't have to think right? about the real 2020 but it also feels like very realistic yeah. like yeah this could have happened in 2020 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus like okay this is very fictionalized yeah yeah exactly exactly um but yeah everything that happened on there everything that happened on the argos made me upset um yeah. just from the hey when you're 10 years old we're gonna tell you that actually you're gonna die on this fucking ship yeah. have fun um and you also have to live in another 100 years with this knowledge yeah like we can't why is it when you're 10 i know right? could we go with like the the um typical kind of like conventional 18 years old to to hit you with that one <laughs> like what <laughs> the hell well, happy 10th birthday you get have... pancakes and the knowledge that you're gonna die on this fucking ship and hello um these are uh 
apple pancakes representing the forbidden fruit that mm-hmm. we're forcing you to eat today. Quite literally. Quite literally. Ugh, it was fucked. Also, I hated Sybil. I hated her. Ugh, such a bitch. I, I thought it was, like, it was cool that she was named that, because I was like, ooh, we mm-hmm. get a little bit Greek, because of the prophetess, prophetesses, yeah, yeah, prophetesses. Yeah. Oracle. Prof- prophetesses. Prophet, I can't, I don't know. Prophets, <laughs> the women prophets. Um, the lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the oracles and stuff. Um, I thought that was really cool, like a nice tie-in to the Greek yeah. story and stuff. But could you imagine, like, there's a Google or an Alexa everywhere, and you have to talk to it, and you have to, like, defer to it for knowledge? I absolutely That's despise why it. I was like, I do not trust that bitch. I was like, no, God, no. Not in the slightest do I, do I trust that bitch. Uh-uh. No. Mm-mm. I, like, no. scream at my Alexa all the time. Yeah. I would just be, like, mad. I literally, like, was in a meeting yesterday, and then my, like, Google went off, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. <laughs> sorry, guys. It's just yelling at me right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I don't like it. But it was just weird. It was very... And then also, yeah, just everything that happened on that goddamn spaceship, um, other than the fact that the farm existed. And the library, the library was cool, but I don't know. It made me upset that people were like, let's go play games. Yeah, instead of, like, reading this wealth of knowledge. And they're like, yeah. oh, my God, stop walking around, like, the Atlas. Like, yeah. the Earth is old and boring and dumb. It gave me, like, Fahrenheit 451 vibes. Yeah. You know? Where they're like, but let's just go distract ourselves and play games all the time. Yeah. Or Ready Player One. Mm, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So... Anyways, those are my worst three, yeah. Oh, did I say the third one? Just the fact that everything was fucking tragic. Yeah. It made me upset. It was so sad. Yeah. All of it. Nobody got to have a good time. Nobody got to have a good time at So, all. until the very end of their lives. And for Zeno, mm-hmm. like, in the last three years. Yeah, literally. So, you know. Anyways. That kind of feels bad. Yeah. He, Yeah. He didn't deserve that um, thing. Okay. <sighs> Can we, like, rank our perspectives from, like... Oh, absolutely. ...least favorite? Yeah. You go first. Okay. So, I'm, okay. so, my favorite was Zeno, then mm-hmm. Amir, then Constance, then Seymour, then Anna. Okay, so one more time. Number one, Zeno. Zeno. Okay. Number two, Amir. Number three, Constance. Number four, Seymour. Number five, Anna. Okay. Do we want to make a drinking game out of this? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so you said number five was Anna. Yes. Sam, you get to drink. Excellent. And number one was Zeno. Yeah. Same, you get to drink. Um <laughs> fucking wasted at the end of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Um my second was Constance. I loved her. I liked her perspective I Constance... and I hated everything that happened, but it was interesting. I love that. I love that. Um Constance and Amir are very close. Mm, so I'm yeah. gonna say you have to take a half drink because that's okay. like the margin of difference between my perspective. Very fair. Very fair. And then third was Seymour. It was hard to yeah. watch him get radicalized online. 
and it was yeah. very hard to um, watch him have to reckon with the fact that the world is evil when he was little. Yeah. Um, but there was so much about that that just... I have, like, a very special place in my heart for him. I don't know why. I don't want to... I just wanted to protect him the whole time. Um, yeah. And he, the fact that he redeemed himself made me very, very happy. Me too. Me too. That was so good. Yeah. Cutting pain. Ugh, truly. I was like, go off. Yes. <laughs> yes. Learn Java. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so fourth is Amir. Yeah. yeah. Cute. Cute. Yeah, I don't know. I like uh, Amir was just it was, a, it was hard to read, and then I appreciated yeah. the nature stuff, but I didn't really connect with it. Absolutely. But I think a lot of what I loved about Seymour was the fact that it was centered around school, mm, and yeah. just like seeing the difference that it made. I don't know, because I'm I'm working in a school right now and like wanting to teach and stuff and so I'm like in a school observing other people's classrooms like I'm learning a lot and then this also just built on that and so I kind of connected with it just because of where I am in my life right now I think yeah yeah that's really sweet yeah I don't know it was just it was interesting seeing like the difference between like the teacher who let him wear his um like the ear defenders or whatever and how he could function better and kind of like he was sort of thriving and then there was a teacher who was like absolutely not you will sit in my classroom the way I want to run it and then you know it gets worse yeah I know right so. and then like imagine ratting on someone because they are disgusted by you microwaving fish sticks like it's fish sticks why are you microwaving them at all yeah yicky eat them you dumbass. Don't eat it. And don't bring them to school for lunch. That's gross. And then, like, who packs you that? Like, Someone who doesn't love you. Can we, can we talk about that? Like, you are meant to be unpopular if you're microwaving. Literally. You're going to smell like fish for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like, Yuck. Like, you could kid chicken wings, like, fingers. Honestly. Like, just, just, what? Do you hate your child that you're giving them fish sticks yeah. to microwave? Also, why is the Literally. microwave in the classroom? Yeah, I never had like a microwave in my classroom. Graders. What? Me neither. And I was a fourth grader around the same time that Seymour was. Maybe yeah. a little earlier. Maybe a little earlier, but still. Still. Around the same time. Yeah. Also, like, then the teacher's response to, oh, this guy fucking is disgusted by my f- daily fish. I'd be like, me too. I know, right? I'd be like... Yeah, actually, you have to eat outside in the winter. Like, see if I care. Yeah. Go put your snowsuit on and stand in the snow and eat fish sticks like the fucking loser <laughs> you are. <laughs> Go home for lunch because you can't bring that shit to my classroom. Oh, exactly. Like, like, the teacher was like, no, Seymour, you have to sit beside the fish stick. And then she what? touches the fish stick against Seymour. Like, it was handled so fucking poorly. It was handled so fucking poorly. Like, she deserved what? Like, she had it coming. Yeah quote Chicago yeah she had her she only had herself to blame I did not blame Seymour in the slightest yeah I was like you are in the right king absolutely same get her ass absolutely yeah (laughs) fuck him destroy her yeah I'm sure everyone in the class was like yes get the fish stick bitch honestly she seemed oh I hated her so much god she seemed like a like no one would like her like a Jenny Joyce of uh Dairy Girls you know yep absolutely yeah yeah that's all I could picture Oh, God, yeah. The worst. 
but yeah no I don't know I'm just like the fact that he like he had his things and then the owls and he would like yeah. oh I'm going to the li-. and I you know me I'm pro library I'm absolutely and his oh. entire book was pro library propaganda which I love oh, so I think even the dedication where's the dedication for the librarians then now and in the years to come mm-hmm. I was like I'm in sign me the fuck up absolutely so- yeah <laughs> we're talking about libraries tone. hell yeah um, Hell yeah. So the fact that he found, like, a lot of, like, solace and, like, somebody to talk to at the library, like Marianne, and being able to, you know, he was like, I really like this owl that I see in my, like, in the kind of, like, property that's out back of my house, mm-hmm. and she would, like, help him find out more about it, and it just made me happy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was very hard watching him get radicalized, but I was like, I simply do not see it. I'm just going to pretend like we're not spreading this rumor that there are like pro or like not pro like anti climate change fucking extremists extremists like as if I know right those are not the people who are online telling people to bomb other people no yeah that's it's it's insane I'm just like why are we like for a book that takes climate change so seriously really you're gonna paint the but people was, who I are trying to make a change showing, i mean yeah i think it was just showing like this kid is he 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 needs protecting and bunny yeah. can't be there for him yeah. because of our evil society especially how america like yeah like we're gonna force you to have a kid and then not help you raise it yeah kind of mindset you know yeah where it's like he but he didn't understand computers his mom didn't understand computers. Oh, yeah. he was alone on the internet he had no supports like that was I actually very these, interesting yeah like i don't think like i i i don't think it's i think it like it's very interesting that like these like terrorist groups would definitely be on the dark web they would definitely be selling stringing whatever string needed to be strung to get people to just create chaos yeah of course we're climate people of course we're living on a uh co-op and you can very fair very fair you know like i was just pissed at the idea that it was about climate change like i'm like why are you trying to paint people who are definitely trying to make a change with like this brush but that's fair that's fair but yeah they would be just liars without caring about that but you actually just brought up a really interesting point which is um something that i think that i i think about a lot um and you would probably identify with this too is we kind of we were kind of on the tail end of people who were alive without the internet as like a ubiquitous kind of always present omniscient thing in our lives right like it kind of I don't think that my family got wi-fi until I was like maybe five or six like I was definitely like we had it when I was very young but it wasn't something that was like in my house yeah right like just you know like very very early early shit um can I interject for a quick second yeah one time um my next door neighbor was babysitting me and I'm a triplet Mm -hmm. um so my parents having time to like go on a date is rare. Yeah. And um, they went on a date, but my um, 
neighbor just had her friend over and they were using our dial up internet to mm-hmm. like talk to boys on like oh, MSN no. Messenger. Oh my god. And so my parents were like trying to call a check in but they couldn't like call the check in because she was using the Wi Fi and they were so pissed. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. I right? love that. So yeah, we grew up in that era. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, right? So like but there but we were also kind of the first era of kids who had access to the internet. Yeah. And people didn't really understand what it could be when they let children go on it. Yeah. Like the unsupervised access that kind of like I want to say like 97 to like 2003 babies had. Yeah. From ages like 10 onwards. Right? Yeah. Like shit like Omegle yeah. and like um like oh what was it? anonymous ask chat roulette for sure but there was also that like site where you could just ask people anonymous questions oh yeah yeah, from like it was in like middle school or whatever it was like yeah anon ask ask i don't know it doesn't matter but like people just fucking use that to like cyber bully each other and shit like that right yeah 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 oh my god yes i remember my school my high school had to go into like fucking lockdown for a full day because somebody threw like a bomb threat on yik yak (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it was ridiculous i was like okay um cool That's so funny because you went to an arts high school too yeah right i was like i don't think anybody was serious about that but sure it fine was just a piece of like theater yeah it was actually just like a performance art um <laughs> but just shit like that like the the and so i found that very interesting that like when I don't know. I didn't really think about it while I was reading it, but just now when you brought it up, the fact that Bunny didn't understand that you needed Wi-Fi for shit to work. Like, if you buy yeah. a computer and um, kind of having to be shown around how to use the internet and how to use technology by her kid and then how dangerous it, it is and how much fucking yeah. access we had to shit that we had absolutely no business having access to. I know, right? And I just, the way that that has impacted like that kind of like six seven year age um era i don't know um is gonna be so interesting i think yeah like i think we're already seeing it so many things for like youtube kids and Mm -hmm. and, like Mm -hmm. parental controls like i put google wi-fi um so i have the app and you can set controls like right in the router yeah you know yeah like only certain devices with like this ip address can access like mm-hmm. this subset of websites like it's very yeah. interesting well and there was like a whole thing for a while on youtube i remember where if you set autoplay to be like totally a, like you know just go ahead and autoplay whatever and you didn't i think this was before youtube had like a kids or like youth option for like accounts um and if you just like gave your kid you know like ipad babies like here watch these mm-hmm. fucking baby Einstein videos, eventually the autoplay would lead you to, like, some really fucked up shit just because of yeah, the way well, that no. they would, like, ugh, it's bad. Because, like, the algorithm includes, like, your parents' tastes, yeah. but also, like, the baby tastes. Mm-hmm. Combine, like, the interests of, like, a young person and, like, a regular adult human being, like... It gets really get- weird. You get the pedophile algorithm. Yeah, right? Like, it gets bad. And you don't have separate accounts, you know? Yeah. And there, like, uh, and other shit where it leads you to, like, right-wing white supremacy. 
videos and things like just you know that kind of like pipeline of getting radicalized online yeah yeah like no i think it was an issue even with youtube kids where things were being flagged as kid content that were definitely not kid-friendly content yeah so that's a huge issue yeah i don't know huge huge issue so it was interesting to watch that happen yeah like seymour Mm -hmm. being inducted in this path that i'm sure happened like i'm sure so many people fell prey like children fell prey to like the untethered access to the internet yeah yeah I, and luckily so, or unluckily I just stuck to the warrior cap forum <laughs> unluckily I was on tumblr at age 12 to 13 uh, and past that but at 12 to 13 it was the fucking danger zone so you know yeah. <laughs> just like Jesus Christ it was bad it was bad yeah. um, um, yeah. speaking of technology can we please talk more about the spacecraft yes quote please do okay I think the funniest thing for me, the the absolute funniest, is shooting people out of airlock um, when mm-hmm. they die. Like the context of that, in terms of like the fact that they're not in you space, dumping a body <laughs> in Earth. Like they just like, went and it landed. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? I think there's like a built-in like body catapult like into a crematorium, just like whoop. <laughs> I think they probably just threw them into a ditch. Just, yeah, a ditch like. Uh, and the ocean. <laughs> like, what the hell? It's so fucking funny. Oh like, God. so many parts of this is just so fucking funny. Like, just like, what the fuck? Uh, it's so good. Like, what do you think their plan was? Like, after like 600 years, like to recolonize the earth? You know what? I think that's what I was thinking about. Um, I'm playing like horizon um forbidden west right now mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of like it's a post-apocalyptic game okay. so there's a lot of talk about like recolonizing the earth and like bringing old plant species back to life with like a seed okay. vault and stuff like that oh, so like yeah. that's definitely what they were doing that's why like farm four mm-hmm. as soon as they were like yes we're gonna plant like a bosnian pine on like omega alpha whatever that planet was i was like no you're not gonna do that that's not gonna work like what the fuck like what is this future tech like yeah my suspension of disbelief goes so far as like yeah we're gonna plant a foreign plant into the ground (laughs) okay you know yeah i was like oh oh i was like first of all you no absolutely not you're gonna have to bring that fucking climate and slowly like I don't know. I'm just, you know me and microclimates. I'm all about it. Yeah. So I'm like, you're going to have to fucking cultivate those plants to be able to thrive there. Otherwise, they will die. Congrats. I know, right? I like and I was farm. like, what about, like, that is the most invasive species ever. Honestly. Like, that is so, like, that's like bringing rabbits to Australia, like, like times what? a thousand. If, yeah. that, if they actually, like, succeed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> actually, oh, speaking. That's, like, uh, worth Sorry, that was just where my disbelief oh, no. of the species Absolutely. began. That's like, fair. Fake that's seat. fair. Anyway, speaking of. Maybe that's why he, like, did that. Because he was like, for those who know, they will flag this. Um, mm-hmm. And that'll be a problem. I'm just trying to find where it was. Those, like, there was a couple of Seymour chapters where he was like, okay, Miss Tweety. All right, you want to know what I did this summer? Let me talk about the fucking earth, you bitch. And she was like, do you want to restart the climate change group at school? 
because he was just like so like I don't want to fucking talk about my summer I want to talk about all this different shit and he talks about Mm -hmm. was it the earthworms yeah yeah and I'm just trying to remember what exactly invasive earthworms um the but the gist of it was that the English to stop their boats from toppling over they filled it with earth dirt yeah in it um and then sail Which across genius. the Atlantic and then immediately drop their dirt um on the shore but the dirt had earthworms in it so we imported earthworms yeah which i kind of love now they're imported all over earthworms the that's hilarious it it's very funny <laughs> um but yeah just like that kind of like invasive species importing plants to new worlds kind of idea i found that very interesting mm-hmm. especially like paralleled with the ideas that they were going to do for beta OPH2. Yeah. Was that it? I think that was the name of it. I don't really remember. Yes. 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 I, I pronounced it beta off in my head. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, do you think they were observed in the spacecraft? No. Because I think what they were planning on doing was um, after 600 years, Sybil would say, okay, everybody gets sedated for re-entry. And then... Um, you know, had they made it to 600 years and not, like, what, Mm -hmm. 60? Um, Mm -hmm. She'd be like, okay, everybody, and then they'd emerge and they'd be like, oh my god, look at where we are, and I think that they were counting on it being so destroyed by climate change that it would be, like, a new planet. Oh, and, like, human structure, like, like, you know, like, the metal skyscrapers Mm -hmm. having tumbled down, like... yeah. Just, also, like, how are they going to get off fucking, like, Ecalit? Yeah, what? Like, I don't know. I just get to figure like, it imagine out. imagine if the climate, like, fixed itself in 600 years and they're stuck they're, in, Oh, my God. Arctic circle. We enter a new ice age. Oh, so <laughs> and they just get yeah. frozen. Mm. Oopsies. <laughs> like, oh, that'd be so funny. That'd be really fucked up. It was really fucked up, but it'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was just weird. It was weird. Um, I don't know if we really have time for me to go off. I can try. I can talk do, a little bit. Do you want to give, like, a summary of what you're going to yeah, go off Yeah, I can. Um, did you notice how often he was fixated on sound? Everybody yes. throughout this whole book. Everyone was just was It was all sound. sound. And I thought that that was so interesting in the idea of this... Because the, the text that kind of brings them all together is um, the Cloud Cuckoo Land by Aethon Diogenes? Aethon Diogenes. Um, and I was like, it's so interesting that a written text would focus so much on sound. And then also that it's going to be having all of these stories and all these perspectives that are tied together with this book, this like tale that was originally mm-hmm. in the oral tradition and then was written down. Yeah. Like, I just think that there is so much to unpack there in terms of, like, how stories change because we hear them versus how we, like, when we read them. And also, like, I was half reading this, like, reading it and half listening mm-hmm. to it as an audiobook. And so mm-hmm. that was also kind of very interesting for me to be like, oh, like, I'm... I'm making this, like, kind of, like, weird... I'm, I'm engaging in this, like, kind of binary sort of ways to... Uh, this Yeah, this binary of, like, ways to engage with texts 
and things like that. And I just thought it was so interesting the way that he used sensory, but particularly sound throughout it to kind of emphasize the humanity of people. Yeah. And that's, um, yeah. That's super awesome. And I was going to talk about a bit about that in my essay. Ooh. Actually. Yeah. What would you write your essay um, on? I would call it Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation, nice. Lost to Time, an Examination of the Final English Draft of Cloud Cuckoo Land. Ooh. Um, because, like, not only is it, like, an oral story that got written down, it it is a story in ancient Greek, mm-hmm. originally, a dead language. We don't know how it sounds right yeah. now. Like, we don't know how it sounds in... The direct translations are hard. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to have an oral tale of a dead language being yeah. translated um, into English. But also um, Anna works to translate the story from Gre- ancient Greek to Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Or perhaps she just reads it in ancient Greek like you would read Shakespearean text to your dying sister. Yeah. But then she does work translating the story from Greek to Arabic for her kids. Yeah. So I think just the amount of translation and the words in the square brackets of Cloud Cuckoo Land where mm-hmm. like Zeno inserts um, su- suppositions basically of what happened. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the children making up their own endings yeah. um, for the story. And Anna made up a different ending too, just based on what message they wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remembering the audience of your story like when you're telling it especially because it was an oral tale right so you Mm -hmm. like a bard would go around telling these stories and he would change it to the audience right and Zeno was changing the story to the audience too because this story was originally for a little girl so once it clicked in him like oh this is what kids are like. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah. I'm going to translate this for kids. Yeah. He actually had a much easier time translating um, because the audience dictates the story as well. So I was just going to talk about translation and sound too, which is. No, I love that. I love all fun. of that. Yeah. Um, no, that's, <laughs> that's wonderful though. I love that. Yeah. Thank you incredible what would you write about um yeah so I would call it sensory and sound connecting the oral tradition to written stories because again like I just I think it's just so interesting the way that we use sound in written texts and the way that it has to like because we can't hear it but Mm-hmm. The use of it is so prevalent in this thing. And then also we have this this story that starts as like an oral like story. Um, <laughs> this like oral, like this like spoken tale, right? Because he's telling it. Yeah. And then he writes it down and then it gets written. But the, like every time Anna pulls it out, she's translating it, but she's translating it orally, right? to tell her kids and so she's passing it down that way um and it gets passed to Constance orally because she can't find the translation in the library so she goes and uh she tries her best to find it and it's not there it's not written anymore we've lost it as a written text and so she has to go well, back then to she the oral finds tradition. it as a written text does she find it 
like oh yeah, yeah. oh within the within the um like the, the little fake library like the yeah. one that Seymour made the secret mm-hmm. the secret library um mm-hmm. but it's first passed to her by her dad yeah who would of course have read it um but it was passed to his mother Rachel from Zeno mostly orally but also like there's all of this just like this weird interplay of how we pass down text both written and orally and then the way that sound is used in this book I want to talk I don't really know there's a lot of connections that you can make and I don't really know entirely how to unpack them right now mm-hmm. but I'm just very very interested in how that works I like it when I'm from same wavelength I know right they're so fun yeah we could do it these so would be fun. like a like twin twin texts our essays yeah they would go together yeah they would be yeah yeah like a series learned. of essays. Mm-hmm. Dissected. Yeah. No, <laughs> I love that. And <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are we academics? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. Parting thoughts? Parting thoughts. Um, I mean, I loved it. I, yeah. I loved it. It was just, it was a lot and it was very, very sad and very hard to read. Yeah, you can say that again. (laughs) Oh, boy. How about you? Writing thoughts? I want to reread All the Light We Cannot See. Um, My (laughs) parting thought is that one deals with vision and this one deals with sound. Um, Yeah. I haven't read Anthony Doerr's other book, but it better contain one of the five senses. Taste. I swear to God, his next two better do that, too. (laughs) Yum. Mm -mm. Oh. What are we reading next, Julia? I want to say it's the Lost I can't Girls, remember. but I don't know, so I'm checking really quickly. Uh, yes, it is. It is The Lost Girls. It's The Lost Girls by Lori Fox, which is going to be a um, TV show, I think, around that same time. Possibly a movie? I can't yeah. really remember. It is called The Lost Girls, though. So It's going to be adapted somehow. Yeah. So on your we'll screens. see you next time mm-hmm. with The Lost Girls. Yeah, this has um, um, been an episode of been Getting Literate. episode of Getting Literate. I'm Julia. I'm Katie. Cheers. And cheers. Thanks for listening. Good night. Sleep tight. Hope you turn into an eagle and fly to Cloud Cuckoo Land. This has been an episode of Getting Literate with Julia Honadel and Katie McCullough. Be sure to follow us on social media at Getting Literate on all platforms. And follow the podcast from wherever you're listening for more opportunities to get lit and get literate.